When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Fortunate enough to be partnered with BetMGM. That's Tony Altimore. We're going to get to Tony there in just a second. But first, with BetMGM, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. All kinds of good stuff right now going on. You can get uh, Knockout Knights Cornhole League at BetMGM. MGM, all kinds of stuff. Now check out the show notes for full details, and let's hear Shane with the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, now joined by Tony Altimore right there. Tony, first of all, fill people in a little bit on just who Tony Altimore is right there. Sure. Um, so in my, my regular work, I do strategy consulting work, mostly for companies, large nonprofits, stuff like that. Um, uh, when all this realignment stuff started happening, I started talking with some media members and trying to help them better understand the strategy of what higher education people and the business of sports were doing because a lot of the sports writers particularly didn't understand it. Um, And so um, sort of since then I've gone on, I now uh, help co-host a weekly or a a weekly during the season for USC post game show. I went to USC. I did my graduate school at Penn and uh, then help with the voice of college football channel on a lot of their podcasts. Okay, very cool. So um, are you so originally then, so USC then kind of uh, been uh, been around the Pac-12, Pac-10 scene for a long time then, fair to say. Yeah, and I, and I worked in, I, I started, I mean, I've always loved sports. My dad played football in the Big Ten, so I grew up in a Big Ten family. Right. And then worked in the athletic department at USC, and then do a lot of work with uh, universities and with university students on uh, okay. both working pro bono stuff. All right, we're gonna pick. Uh, we're gonna pick your brain a lot here on you know what the future holds for Arizona. What you would do? I'll push back a little bit at times, but first. And by the way, go Wildcats because to those, a lot of you guys don't know, but I have a ton of friends from U of A, uh, and have loved uh, loved the Wildcats ever since the USC days. Absolutely, always great folks. All right, now. There are some very strong cases to be made for the Pac-12 right here, and we're going to start with those right there first. First, there's no doubt about it, Tony, that it is a significantly better academic conference than the Big 12. I mean, you just go up and down across the board. why you guys join. Right, exactly. So you just go up and down across the board. There's no doubt about that. What say you? So, yeah, oh, a- absolutely. I mean, so first of all, to be clear, one thing I think is really important to point out is because uh, I've done a lot. We've done a lot of analysis. There are no bad schools in the power five. Right. None. 
they are all outstanding, outstanding institutions. Um, and there's no bad conference in the Power Five. Right. There is just there's different degrees. And so one of the things that Dr. Schaefer, the sort of legendary president who built you guys into what you are today, really believed was that he needed to anchor Arizona, you know, stick Arizona's anchor into California and the West Coast and anchor you guys to Cal, Stanford, Washington. And so, you know, kind of ride that train into the great success that you guys have had. Right. And, and you guys have done that. And I mean, you take a look at your school. California is your largest source of students. It's where most of your alumni are, uh, all of that. And one of the things that and we talked about this, my, you probably didn't see it. But on, on the day out, I think it was the day after two days after USC and UCLA made their move to the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked to the Boys of College Football channel that the big question is what happens with the rest of California? Right. And so one of the caveats I think is really important to say is as long as the Pac-10 is remain sort of intact, and we've been told by the Big Ten people that they are not adding more people for the for, for the near future, say, then the Pac-12 is absolutely I mean, I think it's a better place for Arizona. There's no bad place for Arizona. Right. I mean, right. I mean, heck, Arizona and Mike, Mike and I have talked Arizona, I think, would be outstanding in the SEC. They'd be outstanding in the Big Ten if the Big Ten could add enough schools. There's right. no, they'd be a great ACC. There's no bad place for Arizona because you're a great school. You're an AAU school. Uh, you know, as, as Dave talked about, there's no bad place for you guys. But as long as you can keep your wagon hitched to the source of your students, the source of your donors, the source of your money, the source of your academics, the recruiting and faculty, all that stuff. Um, right. And the PAC has an academic consortium. You guys are a huge beneficiary of as far as bringing in academic money to you that's sort of pooled through shared services. Cal is sort of the biggest contributor. You guys in Colorado and Utah are big beneficiaries. The, the advantages for you are there. Uh, you certainly, the question, you know, the sort of big picture question, which is at a million miles above is, is making sure like, okay, there's nothing else is gonna disrupt this model that we have now. What would you, were you surprised when SC and UCLA bolted or was that something you saw coming? So I was a little surprised. I was mostly surprised that they did it without Cal and Stanford. Right. So I talked, we, we were on a couple of times on the, uh, the uh, 365 sports guys and, and a couple of times with Voice College Football. And I would have assumed that certainly those four, and I studied under the USC, pre, the old USC president emeritus who passed away, unfortunately. Um, I'll tell you, he would not have let Cal and Stanford out of his sight. Right. You know, I was a little surprised that they went without Cal and Stanford. I was actually on the phone as it was happening, talking to Paul Catalina. And I, was, I said, what about Cal and Stanford? Right. Uh, it became clear. And I think you know, sort of the rumor is it was Fox's call that Fox said, nope, they're not good enough. Or for whatever reason, they weren't they weren't taking. Mm -hmm. um, funny, I found a slide. I said for uh, this is really funny, just given the coincidence and the money we're talking about right now. I said for USC and UCLA to leave. They would need 40 million more than the Pac-12 and to bring some bring their friends. Right. And I just sort of threw that out there as like, oh, that's a ridiculous number that probably wouldn't. And it's exactly the number that did happen, funny enough. I think what scares Arizona fans, and obviously we're going to get to all this, is the media deal and what has hasn't happened so far. Now, 
Um, obviously, uh, we've had presidents and athletic directors that have said, you know, uh, we we expect something done by this date. It's been pushed back a little bit, uh, et cetera, et cetera. What do you see with a TV deal and how do you see this unfolding? Tony? So, first of all, I'm not going to say anything that's going to disagree with the Arizona athletic director that you guys heard from on your show in a brilliant interview this week. Mm-hmm. OK, I got you. Um, because he knows better than any of us. Right. I mean, he, he's in those rooms as they're having the conversations. Right. One of the things that I think is is a big kind of misunderstanding among sports. So, first of all, there's a lot of Big 12 fans that are just like like mouth frothing ravenous with lust because they want to try to, like, lure some of you guys over. Right. Um, but there's also among a lot of sports fans, I feel like a misunderstanding of the pain in the next speed of higher education. So in the in the world of higher education, 12 weeks is like a couple weeks. Right. You know, so if they're like, oh, well, it's a couple more months. You know what? We sent it back for rework. Eh, they brought it to us. Eh, we want more. And so in the grand scheme of higher education, if, if all of the presidents are not lying to you, which right. would seem to be a pretty rational thing to believe. Right. Uh, then... And, they, and they, they're telling you, OK, well, we're, we're fine tuning. We're working. I mean, the Big Ten still hasn't signed their final paperwork. So we know these things like take forever. The Big 12 hasn't signed their thing. And their thing wasn't even a new deal. It's just an extension. And they still haven't finally signed it. So the fact that it's taking a long time and taking longer than fans want is sort of a, you know, sort of a very artificial fake thing that if they said, oh, it's March and it's May. In, again, in higher education, that's not a long time. The big question, I think John Wilner, who is, is great at this stuff, has, has put well, as he said, you know, OK, there there needs to be more than we know. You right. know, so is, is do do Bobby Robbins and, and Dave, Heakey, do they know what's happening more so than Cyclone Timmy 4242? And right. as long as as long as they do, and I think it's reasonable to assume that they do, then you would think that the media deal will be fine. It will be good enough. They're telling us it will be good enough. Um, if they don't, then you have right. an absolute catastrophe. Okay. Well, and, and, and the thing is, uh, j- j- and yeah. it's not the first time we've had an absolute catastrophe because, for example, in the 1956 mess that was it blew up the Pacific Coast Conference, seven of the PAC, with today's Pac-12 CEOs got fired mm-hmm. or forced into retirement. Seven of them. So it's not without precedent. Resettled. Right. So there is there is sort of like one little precedent where, I mean, in, in that case, they were lying about cheating. So right. it wasn't that they were lying about media deal. They were lying about paying their players in most cases. I think what, what terrifies, I think, Arizona, or what, because uh, you and I were talking on the phone yesterday, and you were, uh, put it very well when you said the presidents are the ones running this thing. It's Kliakov is, you know, an easy, you know, guy to target right there. But I think what really terrifies, especially Arizona fans, is that these presidents I mean, now I'm going to give Bobby Robbins a pass because he wasn't involved in that. And he likes sports. But, Tony, these presidents have rubber stamped Larry Scott for the longest time. Well, they no, no. Uh, the only ones left. In fact, I think isn't Crow the only Crow and DiStefano. Right. Mm-hmm. Are the only ones left who rubber stamped Larry Scott. Right. So what actually happened is as one by one as they turned over and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know who your president was. Dur- I forget the name during the 2010s that um, we there. had. Uh, we had Ann Hart. Okay, yeah. So you had her. We had Dr. Nikias, who was so busy raising money, he was paying no attention whatsoever, uh, as well as lots of other problems. We had lots of other problems at USC. Uh, UCLA did nothing. 
But it wasn't until they got a new breed of presidents in who really took charge and then flushed Larry Scott out. Now, would you be more con- so you're more would you be as confident as you are now if it was this old uh, that old group of presidents? No, I have right no there? faith in the old group of any way, shape or form. Oh, the God. new group who flushed Larry out. Right. Uh, thank God for. Right. And I understand that they have sort of told Dr. Cr- I, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is sort of like leaks that mm-hmm. seem trustworthy, but not that they sort of have shamed Dr. Crow a little. I mean, Dr. Crow is a legend. I know you guys, ASU, right. the big rival. Territorial Cup is ferocious, but like he's sort of like a legend in higher education for great mm-hmm. things. Athletic department is probably the like the worst thing he's done. Right. But, and, you know, but you got to remember, though, from an athletic perspective, and I get and we'll get back to academics here in a second. That's what people really you know, that's what people yeah. care about. And I'll put it to you like this. I'm happy that Bobby Robbins, who is, a, you know, and he got beat up a lot, but I'm happy that Bobby Robbins is a sports fan, because a when I think you need that. I look, exactly. When I because when I look at Michael Crow um, and again, does a lot of good stuff academically, not going to dismiss that at all. But there are there have been a lot of precedents over the years that kind of look at athletics like. We got to put up with it, but that's not really our thing. And that's how people like Larry Scott get in there and kind of get rubber stamped like we were just talking about. Well, and by the way, the conference, this, the Pac-12 was founded by two guys, one of whom is the most famous university president in the history of university presidents, who also invented the whole Carnegie R3 thing. And his quote was, he said, as president of university, my job is to provide sex for the students, sports <laughs> for the alumni, and parking for the faculty. And if I do right. that... I'm good. Right. Exactly. And, and the, the other one, uh, who was a Nobel Prize winner, discovered 10 elements, ran U.S. nuclear weapons for decades, and, uh, just one of the most Nobel Prize winner. Um, and his most proud achievement is that as Cal Chancellor, they won the final four. Is it do you, you need do you, that? But you need that balance that you guys have. No doubt. Do you blame the uh, do you blame the presidents in the conference for not really knowing that USC and UCLA, your two prized possessions, were planning for about for planning for quite a while to leave right under your nose? Well, USC told them in 2019 and the quote was all options are on the table. I mean, you can go. USC was public. They said that in interviews. They went right. on. Po- Mike Bone went on podcasts and said mm-hmm. all options are on the table. I, I don't think that they believed that it would happen. And I think that Cal and Stanford did not believe they would be left behind. Right. So that's is, is sort of the shocking thing. And, and quite honestly, from you guys at Arizona's standpoint, mm-hmm. if I'm Arizona, my my big question, which, you know, only I mean, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Robbins is Mr. Stanford. Right. Mm-hmm. So but Bobby I- Robbins is more Mr. Stanford than the president of Stanford is. Right. So he he has obviously connections better than he has better connections than the president of Stanford is basically in hiding right now. But he might be the next president of Stanford. We'll see. But the the question is, can you trust Stanford and Cal not to stab you in the back? And that's not that they wouldn't stab you in the back because they probably would stab you in the back to go to the Big Ten. But do you you trust that the Big Ten is not taking Stanford and Cal? What say you? then then I would say you're you're probably in a more trustworthy position. But isn't it their job, though, these presidents jobs to know that, again, because I because you're right, they they were surprised, no doubt about it. Oh, they were stunned, but they shouldn't have been stunned. Well, that's what I'm saying. But these are also the same people then that are negotiating the TV deals. Some of these people. Now, again, like you said, there is some new blood for sure. Great point. Yeah. But these are also the same people, though, that are now negotiating the TV deal who were stunned that their flagships both left 
right under their nose while you so put rightly put that USC said all options are on the table. Well, and part of your problem, too, is the ultimate backstab, which a lot this has not gotten much attention. And I don't know why it didn't get much attention. The real ultimate backstab was inside the University of California because the president of the University of California who was the who, who was previously the president of Ohio State and the chancellor of UC Irvine before that, the president of the University of California knew about the move and signed off on the move and didn't tell Cal. So they right. signed off on UCLA and didn't tell Berkeley. And and they also told some of the regents and not others. And that, that's why you had that whole messy Regents right. mess because like the 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 big backstab wasn't US USC being a pain in the neck you know whatever that it's happened right and by the way quitting the conference a lot of you guys don't know funny the LA Times used the same headline in 2022 that they used in 1957 when the when USC Cal and UCLA quit the Pacific Coast Conference right but the big backstab was that that inside the University of California as far as USC was concerned again. They talked about it. The money was there. Uh, but I, I don't th- I don't think that they all thought they would be left behind. So, so with the way that they're backstabbing, though, that doesn't exactly lead uh, to a bunch of confidence, though, as far as going forward as one united unit right there. Well, but your question is, well, your question is, OK, so those those are the those folks are gone. Right. Right. And right. are you better off almost with them? So one of the things about the Big 12, you look at the Big 12, for example, and I I use this example with the ACC, too. When you look at the, what's going on in the Big 12, the Big 12 got rid of their sort of – and they, they'll call them cancers. They'll call them their malcontents or their problem children. And right. they're real happy right now. So your question for the Pac-12 would be, okay, now you've gotten rid of your problem child. Right. Who, who by the way, has been your problem child since 1924. It's been a while for sure. My beloved alma mater, I will yeah. admit – we, we got kicked out. Of be careful time. right there, Tony. <laughs> yeah, we've been the problem child since 1924. This is right. not new. Um, so you get, you know, you, you, you've gotten rid of that. Is the rest of it stable? And, and that is, you know, I mean, as far as you consider, like these, these are the presidents. They have the Big Ten relationships. They have the relationships within Fox to know that Fox basically said, we're not going to fund these other right. schools at the level. Oregon is probably not at the academic level. They're not even close to Arizona's academic level. Um, they're probably not at the academic level for the Big Ten. And right. so you sort of say, okay, if there's not a place for them to go, that's the best of the situation because you know that you're pretty solid because they're they're not going anywhere. Well, they're not going to the Big Ten. Let's talk about them in a second. But uh, got to pay a few bills. Have you ever been to Circle K before, Tony? Uh, I have not. All right, Circle Sounds K. Like I should go. Yeah, I was going to say, you should go. It's an awesome convenience store right here. Check it out. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. You can text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Head to CircleK.com slash store locator to find a Circle K near you. And maybe you'll find Tony Altimore there checking it out for the first time. Just saying, Circle K and Tap and Bottle. All the away game watch parties, as you know, are at Tap and Bottle here in Tucson. Love it. Scott, Rebecca do a great job. Check it out downtown or on the north side. Love to see you down there and get some four peaks there as well. All right. You mentioned uh, Oregon and Washington. I don't trust them on this. I believe that they both, I'll be honest with you, um, especially Washington, because they have the kind of athletic and academic footprint that fits in what the Big Ten's looking for. Well, they worry. So, 
Go ahead. I, I said before, I said a long time ago, and nobody listened to me when I said this. I said Washington. Well, okay, I said Washington is exactly the definition of a Big Ten school. Right. But we've been told by the Big Ten presidents and through leaks by the Big Ten's money people that the money wasn't there for Washington to be accretive. Now, there's some weird, you know, some folks with like wild sort of, you know, conspiracy ideas, but like, okay, well, they could take this money. But the Big Ten people, they also look at the big picture. Right. And when you look at the big picture, if they're worth half the money today, they're not going to suddenly like Washington is a legendary school, legendary program. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be worth that much more going forward. Like right. they have national championships. It's Washington. So, right. so as far as like, you know, it's sort of like with the Pac-12, you think like, okay, San Diego State, you look at their viewership now, you say, okay, you know what, this is going to, they're going to be worth a lot more in the future. Right. Just like I think the big, with the Big 12's ads, you know, Houston and stuff, they're going to be worth a lot more in the future. Um, Washington is already sort of in that upper echelon. So they're not going to be worth that much more in the future. So the question for the Big 10 is, are you going to make a dilutive ad? Right now, the, one of the interesting questions again with Stanford and Cal, part pretty surprising because if you had asked the Big Ten presidents a decade ago, would you forego a little bit of revenue to add Stanford and Cal? I think right. the answer would be like, where do I write the check? Where do we sign up? Yeah, yeah, but but apparently we've been told that that answer now is no, that and so that's one of the one of the issues. The Nebraska chancellor, though, caught my eye, though, last week when he mentioned, though, about um, uh, and maybe it was a slip. I don't know. But he did put it out there that, um, you know, with the Big Ten, uh, they could be looking to add two, four teams. And he was clearly talking about the Pac-12. Was that just him speaking out of uh, reference there? Or was that a candid moment? So I thought he was more talking about the ACC because he said the Pac-12, oh, they might have changed. But then what he seemed to be talking about for their targets Mm -hmm. seemed to be in the southeast. Okay. Okay. Um, and if you look at sort of the what P again, what I'm not I'm not a TV valuation guy, so I defer to the TV valuation guys. Uh, the TV valuation folks have said, I mean, so Notre Dame is uh, is incredibly accretive to the Big Ten's right. value value, no doubt. No incredibly doubt. so, For and sure. probably so incredibly so that Notre Dame could probably pick a plus one to join them, right? Which is no, probably, sure. no doubt, no doubt, no yeah, doubt. Depending on what happened, arguably what may have happened with USC. Um, Florida State or Miami, depending on the math that you look at, may be either also accretive or really close. Right. Um, Washington, Oregon are supposedly we're told are not. Again, I, I am all on Team Husky. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't cheer for the Ducks, but I have a lot of great friends who went there. But you know, as far as the Huskies go, again, I'm surprised that it didn't it didn't work. But we're told that the math didn't work, and so that's why people that are like, "Oh, you don't like it," it's like, guys, it's not my opinion. It's like this is what the the Big Ten presidents have said. We don't we're not going to make a move that is that is dilutive. Now there have been some changes in the Big Ten presidents' world, mm. um, and the biggest one of all. So uh, uh, Dr. Blank from was who was the chair uh, the. Chancellor at Wisconsin, amazing, amazing, amazing lady, um, was hired to actually replace my old econ professor, who was the president of Northwestern. Okay. And tragically um, was diagnosed with like just a rapid, horrific type of cancer and passed away before she took office at at Northwestern. Mm. And they went and hired Oregon's president. Right. As well as Oregon then went, and is this a coincidence or not, Oregon went and hired Wisconsin's provost. Right. right. Funny enough. 
So, uh, and you've also had the guy who was at Cincinnati and UBC has taken over in Michigan. Uh, the Stanford, Miss Stanford, which was a varsity field hockey athlete, rich inventor who's the president of Ohio State has stepped down. So Ohio State is getting a new president. So there are some changes in the Big Ten um, that I, you know, hypothetically, could the presidents change their mind and say, we we want somebody, we would be willing to take somebody dilutive. I... I don't think they would, but you know, it, we have to listen to the president. We have to, in that case, we have to listen to the presidents because they're the ones who make the decision. Right. Let's talk Big Twelve here a little bit. Um, so Brett Yormark comes in and he said, basically, he said a couple things. He said he was going to take care of the Oklahoma Texas situation as quickly as he could. Um, did that. Um, really said, did that, by the way. What's that? Brilliantly did that. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. And he said that he would get the TV, would get a TV deal and that everybody would get a raise. Um, again, like you said, 31.7 million per school. But everybody's locked in right there. And I think what Arizona fans are looking at it, because you know as well as I do, there's going to be another conference blow up here in the coming five, six years. There's going to be another one where we don't even recognize it. The Big 12, though, seems to offer some stability right there that the Pac-12 can't offer right now. Does it, though? So first of all, let's give kudos to Brett Yormark. Mm -hmm. So I get sometimes like people give me flack because I talk about why his leadership style is very ill suited for the Pac-12, but it is brilliantly suited for the Big 12. So they lost all, you know, the the Pac-12 was found in this. We talked about this a little bit. July, uh, June 22nd, 1959, the meeting where they cemented the deal to create the Pac-12 was very much on the idea that the presidents run the conference and the presidents speak for their schools and the conference serves at the pleasure of the presidents. And so Klyakov, you know, is sort of always caught between a rock and a hard place because he's like the manager, right. whereas Yormark can kind of has the ability to really sort of Yormark's be the got ring the bully pulpit and he's got everyone behind him where Klyakov yeah. is essentially speaking yeah. for other people. Exactly. You don't tell Stanford or Cal or Washington or Arizona or right. Arizona. Like you don't you don't speak for Michael. You don't right. tell Michael Crow what to do. Right. Michael Crow right. is in charge. Same with Bobby Robinson, uh, Cal and Wash, all those folks. So it's just it's a different mentality. And they needed that because they have I mean, they lost they lost their six most prominent founders. Right. right. They lost six of the 12 and they're the six of the 12 who ran the show who bickered, you know, who feuded. And so it sort of left you with the backbench and the new kids. And I think that he has brilliantly done a great job really running that. So the question is, is there stability? Well, first of all, the stability is locked in with a 99-year membership agreement. Mm, Right. Which just makes it financially ridiculous to get out of. Uh, Now, that's different from the grant of rights. The grant of rights is through, I don't know, 2031 or something like that, whatever it is. Yeah, but the membership agreement is a 99-year membership agreement. So if you are convinced that you want to be locked in there forever and you want to know that everyone you're locked in with is there forever, it's a great place to be. You know, when you look at uncertainty, and I look at a world of uncertainty, if you're a world-class university who's already in the upper echelons, which is literally the definition of Arizona, Mm -hmm. I don't know that you want to be locked in for 99 years with Central Florida and Iowa State. See, to me, there's a to, to me, it's two different things. There's the academic component, which you and I totally agree on. Yeah, totally. No, yeah. but I mean ac- athletically. But like, athletically, though, I'm going to challenge you. you want to be, and that's a, and, it's, and, and by the way, there's not necessarily a wrong answer for sure. That. For sure, and that's why this is fun. And by the way, I really appreciate you coming on to talk about. Oh, it's this. great to chat about it. 
for sure. Arizona, Arizona basketball is what runs this. So good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is the lifeblood of this city. That's just may have my Trojans, but I love when you beat the Bruins. Absolutely. I know. We try to do our part right there. But, you know, uh, Tony, that's what people really in this town care about. And when they look at the Big 12, the one thing you can say about the Big 12 is that they have awesome basketball. I mean, the, two of the last three national titles have been from there. Uh, six top 25 teams. Arizona, or excuse me, the Pac-12 without the L.A. schools – when it comes to basketball, it's essentially the Mountain West. Now, you're talking about as a USC grad here. Are you talking about the? Is that the Harry Potter thing with the brooms? <laughs> a little I don't bit. know. We yes. don't. We don't do this thing. Right. I see people going. No, I'm just kidding. No, just for kidding. sure. No. Well, and here's a question for you guys. And, and I do. I defer to people on basketball because basketball mm-hmm. and basketball is a tough thing. For because sure. basketball doesn't move the financial needle. The way football does. Right. The way football does. However. If you're a basketball school, and I mean we have we could look at charts on this, for example, your fundraising, I, and I don't I don't know because I don't know your donors, but how much of your fundraising is facilitated at basketball games versus how much of it is facilitated at football games? Because the quarter of a billion dollars a year that you guys raise mm-hmm. right. matters a whole lot more than any of these TV little our little Tiddlywinks conversations about TV media rights are nothing compared to the quarter of a billion dollars a year that Arizona is trying to fundraise and they're using basketball and football to do it. So right. from that end, there is real, and this is, this applies also to Duke and Carolina and stuff. There's huge financial value to basketball that has nothing to do with media rights. And that's why it's really important for you guys to make sure you get that right. Well, right, exactly. And that's why I think people are concerned, obviously, about where this media deal is, because Arizona is the only school. Arizona leads the conference every single year in attendance for basketball. When you go to the Pac-12 tournament, um, it's all Arizona fans. We have dozens of fans in the Galen Center. No, I'm just kidding. And Tony, I can I can confirm that I've seen those dozens of fans. You've seen those dozens of just. We're going to be good this year. It's going to be fun. But what people here also, and I'm going to be honest with you, people are also people are also tired, though, of when it's an Arizona UCLA game, it being on a 730 or a 930 or 830 tip when nobody's really watching on like the Pac-12 network or something. Whereas you look over at the Big 12 and if you were to play Kansas. That game's going to be on ESPN. That game's going to be on Fox. The vis- visibility, I think, is uh, is a very appealing for Arizona fans. So I have I have to totally defer to you guys on that because I only watch USC and I don't watch right. enough of your basketball. To, but well, you, as far- you've had enough football. You've had enough football success over your I, life. We do. We we that we that's our game and baseball also. But right. I'll, I'll tell you the other another thing. So one of the things that I was very interested in. So I looked very carefully at the idea of Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And would Gonzaga be good for the Pac-12 or for the Big 12? Right. And I couldn't get the math to work, and I couldn't get the strategy to work. I think it's maybe why they haven't joined either one of them. Right. But one of the things for Arizona fans to think about, and I know that this is is people think about this is the wrong answer. You have an advantage in basketball in, that's different than football because of your scheduling. And again, I Arizona basketball fans, I am not telling you guys what to do with basketball because that is your bread and butter. Right. But. It might be better. You might you might be better off as the top dog in the Pac-12 or the what Pac-10, whatever it is, because the thing about which is what Gonzaga does in the WCC, because right. then you can you can fill in your schedule and pad your schedule and go play North Carolina and play Duke and play yeah, Villanova at Madison Square Garden, you know, and do do whatever you want to do in addition to scheduling because you have more games to do that. 
and you might be able to continue reaping the benefits of the Pac-12 and just structure your basketball in a way that gives you that because it might be kind of nice to have like I mean I'll, I'll tell you I look at Arizona basketball and I look mm-hmm. at the Pac-12 tournament right and then I look at what Gonzaga does with the most rigged nonsense tournament in the world in the WCC that's like do they just have it at Gonzaga they probably should because it's rigged for them um right. in all honesty if I was the the new Pac-12, I would adopt that sort of scheduling thing for your benefit. What if, also if, uh, if I was in charge of them? Yeah, no, but I'm not in charge. But also, though, I can tell you what kind of sunglasses you wear, Tony. You strike me as a sunglasses guy. Uh, I wear Ray-Ban, but I'm sure whoever your sponsor is has much better ones I should look at. Oh, well, Ray-Bans are very, very cool. But I also got to tell you about Shady Rays right here. Now, you, you might check say- them out. Now, you might say, Mike Luke, you don't look cool, but you know what would make me look cool? Wearing Shady Rays sunglasses. All right, here's the deal. Uh, Shady Rays Memorial Day sale is live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get 35% off all sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people right there. And one other thing, Four Peaks. We're cool around here, Tony. We have official brew of PHNX Sports. Nice. Dude, that's how we roll around hey, here. The Pac- hey, some of the best beer in the country comes from Pac-12 country, including it, you guys. It, it absolutely does. And I'm telling you, Four Peaks is where it's at. Now, again, uh, it's up in Tempe, but you can get it at the Tap and Bottle locations. And check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. All right, let's talk about streaming here. Um so it looks like it would be a the Pac-12 deal would obviously be heavy on streaming. What say you about all that when it comes to uh, the uh, the football basketball part of that? So first of all, that's a thousand times better than the Pac-12 network. We we'll agree on that one. We that definitely agree on that one. Absolutely. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, more and more of everything is moving to streaming. A significant portion of the Big 12 stuff is going to be on ESPN Plus. Uh, you know, the, the big 10 has BTN, which helps. Um, so they, they have a little, they have a little more access, but as far as the, you know, a lot of the, the streaming component of football, you know, it's better. It's certainly better than the PAC 12 network. Um, I'll tell you when I look at it and people say, Oh, what if it was here? I mean, so I have all, almost all of the things that people are rumored that the stuff is going to be on. And uh, I would take that over a lot of what we have now. Um, it doesn't strike me as a problem because here and here's the other here's the other big debate. Mm-hmm. And this is and this we, we I mean we could talk about this for like a half hour. It'd be fascinating. Yeah. But like if you think about like two polar opposites, are you trying to sell a property for the most money possible to a media provider, right? Or are you trying to get everyone to watch your games? If so, you should give them to PBS for free. Give everybody right. a tote bag. So, well, I mean, obviously you're, you're trying to be somewhere in the middle. But your question that I, I sort of sort of hear from a lot of these stands, they're like, oh, my God, it's this. Oh, my God. And it's like, guys, if you're that – if you really want all the money, if you you know, if, if you want to have the dong measuring contest, you need to be bigger than the Big 12 uh, or bigger than the ACC, then you know what? You're going to sell it to Amazon and it's fewer people are going to see it. But you have sold it for a reason. You know, if you if you really want to have it somewhere else, then and and there's rumors, and I don't know if they're true or not, that the the original sort of like best deal that they presented to the president again, I don't, I don't, but I wasn't in the room, I can't verify this. The original deal they gave to the presidents was too heavy on streaming, 
and they were sent back to rework it. Well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, because again, for me, I'm fine with streaming as a component, but I believe we're still about five, six years away. Now, streaming is the future. There's no doubt about it. And anybody that says it isn't doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, but there is a reason, though, that all of these conferences, I think, are locked in at least with your traditional cable networks at this point. Whereas if you go majority streaming, you're kind of going into uncharted waters there, Tony. You are. But, but I mean, one of the other things is we don't know what the Pac-12 is agreeing to yet. Right. And, right. and I mean, one of the funny things is so I don't know if you guys, you guys don't know that I, some of you guys are probably even too young for this. Like the Pac-12 games used to be on on USA. Our, mm-hmm, for sure. And, and they were on Versa. I mean, so they were they were all over and they were fine. I mean, USA was great because like no matter what region you were in, you could watch a Pac-12 game. So, as fu- you know, I think we kind of have to see. And, th- and this is where you guys, Arizona, are putting your faith in Bobby Robbins to push what it what you want. Right. Um, and and in, in that regard, you have to sort of wait to act. And it sounds I know it sounds but this is not like a fan like popularity vote. Right. This is the presidents of the schools are selling this for money. And so they're the ones who are sort of deciding, like, what are what are the the parameters of what, how far I'm willing to go. What worries me, I think people. Nothing can be worse than the Pac-12 network. For sure. Oh, tell me about it. I think also what worries, what worries people though a little bit is it like when all the presidents are saying something, it's kind of like Nick Saban though at some point saying, "I am. I have not interviewed with Alabama." I am staying as the coach of the Miami Dolphins. Then 12 hours later, he becomes the Alabama coach. It almost feels like they kind of have to say that at some point. So, and I guess I guess that depends on on your president. I, I have found that university presidents, unlike sort of like coaches in this regard, right, don't lie. Like for example, I was really curious when you guys gave you had your interview with Dave. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated to see if he was going to sit there and say. Well, we have to look at options and we love where we are, but like you, you never know. And it's a changing and not instead. He sat there and he said, we are proud to be in the Pac-12. We don't want you to misunderstand what we're saying. And, and, and I thought, OK, okay that, that's that's not what a actual university executive says if they're on the verge of going somewhere. This was just um, this is just me surmising because Dave um, and I'm sure you saw the quotes and put in the alumni magazine that uh, yeah. but we are we are going to have we we will have other options and we will land where or you, strong you guys should have all world. the options in the world right You're Arizona right for sure now let me ask let me ask you this Tony um, is Arizona no matter where they are whether it's in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 is their brand from an athletic and academic perspective going to be good or where where do you see Arizona in that regard. So you guys, and I mean, we could look at a million charts. I've got, I posted a ton of them. You guys can take a look at it on, on the computer. By the you way, guys, where can they find you on Tony? Where can they oh, find you on Twitter, Tony? On Twitter, just uh, at TJ Altimore, yes, like sir. Baltimore with no B. Baltimore, don't um, be yeah, TJ Altimore. Now, one of the things, if you so, this is and this is kind of an interesting thing for you guys, and and people have talked about Colorado. Any any of you guys, you guys, Arizona State, Colorado. Um, when you look at like when you average multiple academic rankings, you guys would be the best school in the Big 12. Right. Now, U.S. News puts over kind of overweight some of the private schools, some of the other ones overweight research a little bit. But if you average them and I posted charts on this, you would be the uh, you would be the number you one the, school in the Big 12. The cream you of the crop, do, and it's different. Yeah, you, but you, you guys do way more research than anybody in the Big 12. 
for sure. And while you could look at the U.S. News and World Report where BYU is up there, they're totally they're totally different entities. Yes, exactly. Totally different entities. Totally different entities. But but and and so you know, as far as that goes, one of the one of the questions, and this is sort of the the big picture Arizona question. You know, it sort of goes that: Do you want to be the nicest house in a in a lesser neighborhood, or do you want to be in a better neighborhood? Right. Um, now, you guys, when you think about like stuff, and I mean, we could go ad nauseum in this. Your fans, by the way, do not like these discussions. Um, but when we think about, you know, what helps you guys attract faculty, what helps you guys bring in the big money, you know, I think you're a lot better off being tied to Cal and Stanford and Washington, provided, and that's the huge asterisk that you get to stay tied to Cal and Stanford in Washington. And see, to um, me, that that's that's the debate where I think a lot of people are missing it right here is that, yes, from an academic perspective, there's absolutely no there's no doubt about it. As you And, and from an overall money perspective, for sure. Now, I mean, if you look at the actual finances and I mean, if you were like being a, you know, very like old school economics 101, you know, valuation person, like I'm going to like what's the smartest academic decision for Arizona? The PAC, you you could you would literally like you the you could pay the PAC twelve for membership and you'd still come out ahead financially, right? Let alone sure. any of the money. But and this, or I was say, but the reality is, I mean, that, again, that's sort of like ridiculous microeconomics. But the truth is, the value is massive for you guys financially in the PAC twelve, so long as there is not a major disruption that takes away the feeders of those values which are primarily in Cal, Cal and Stanford and to a lesser extent, Washington. And then there's the academic, or because again, we're, we're in lockstep on the academic, but then from an athletic perspective though, you still have got the, you've still got, I mean, the big 12, like I said, big 12 is a much better conference when it comes to hoops. They've got a, they've got, you know, with, with ESPN and Fox, you're already locked in. You know that you're going to get games there from an athletic perspective. There's a security there. Like I said, that the PAC 12 can't exactly offer right now. If so, and that and that's the thing that, like, again, the Bobby Robbins knows right. that we don't. Right. Like, if he doesn't trust Stanford and Cal and Washington to be able to go, you know, to, again, anybody would go to the Big Ten in a minute. You guys would go to the Big okay. Ten. Hundred percent. Um, I mean, if the Big Ten asked you guys, you would ditch Arizona State and go if if you had the chance. Right. Um. So you know, as far as the Big Ten goes, that's a whole other thing. We we are told by the Big Ten they're not taking anybody. They've been They've been pretty clear in trying to telegraph that, um, as at least from the Pac-12. I think they would love Notre Dame and some p- folks from the Southeast. As far as that bigger picture of security, if you have that security, you know you're better off. You're better off maintaining that. The other thing is, you guys are Arizona, so your like opportunity to be desirable. Not only do I not think it's going to go away. But I think that as Jed Fish brings your football program back to relevancy, like I, I am really, I, I really am appreciate the amazing things he did. Your football team was in the depths of nightmares, and he has really rebuilt that program to make it more valuable again. Your viewers, like if you look at your TV viewers for Arizona, right. they are atrocious. Nobody watches your games over the past ten years because you've right. been so bad. So if you guys can really just keep that going up and keep what you're doing, you, I think, have the potential to get more and more and more and more valuable. And as long as you guys are Arizona and you're the basketball power, you keep getting your football back on track. It's not like you're not going to be attractive in a couple of years. And, and I mean, the idea that, oh, they're, oh, they're going to take Memphis and not you. 
They're going to take Fresno and not you. No, that's not going to happen. Well, see, that's the thing is that the Big 12 is always going to be there for Arizona. Um, I do believe, though, that at some point, though, there, 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 there does come a time period where there has to be something done. Now, again, I'm not a big guy on, you know, here's a time period, here's a date. But, Tony, at some point, a deal has to be made. It can't just be you know, a couple months down, a couple months down at some point, at some point that's got to reach. So I thought they should have. And, and this is where, I mean, so I used to work years ago for the central intelligence agency. And like, we have the philosophy of like, you get it done, right? Like you find a way to get it done. So as far as I, I mean, I'm stunned that they still haven't gotten it done again, assuming the presidents are not all lying to us. And if they are all lying to us, every one of them should be fired. Like they were in 1957. But it was over 1957 to 1960. Somebody's angrily typing away because of when the Oregon president retired, whatever. Um, the 1957 scandals. But assuming that they are being truthful, assuming that Bobby Robbins and Anamari Couchy and Carol Christ and Phil DiStefano and all those folks are, are being truthful to us, which we have every we have to kind of assume they are until we see otherwise, then. The, then as far as like why they're taking so long, it's up to them. Um, I, I also it, kind of think, and I, I could be totally wrong in this. I think there's a little bit of a power game in that a little bit too. How so? I think that they do not care what they're. So I've been told they're really angry. And you, again, you talk to Dave, so you know this better. I'm told they're really angry about a lot of the fake stuff that's come out. Right. And. And but they're not doing that. But in all fairness, they're not doing themselves any favors, though. No they put, favors. They acting like Ray the NSA. Puts, when Ray Anderson puts out, you know, we're looking at something here and it's clearly not going to happen. I mean, at some 100%. point you start looking stupid. You Completely. And not only that, but they needed to be constantly countering. They need to have because given what the situation they're in, uh, again, this is what what. I think they needed to have done. I think they needed to hire a PR firm who was going to fight back with every ounce of nastiness that was getting thrown at them. They, or at least I'm told by people at the schools, they view themselves as above it. And they're trying to take that. Like when they go low, we go high. We, we are united. And any idea that, because here's the issue is that uh, what every, you know, Tucson fan 23 thinks on Twitter doesn't matter if Bobby Robbins and Carol Christ are in lockstep. I think what I think what bothers fans though, and it's a good point, but I think what bothers fans though is kind of the the pretentious nature of it all, and that Arizona fans, Pac-12 fans, and like you said, it's different presidents in there. But you've had to yeah. sit through a lot of nonsense with Larry Scott. Where I mean, let's be honest here. Um, well, let's let's know, also but, remember too with Larry Scott. This is there's almost like two Larry Scotts, right? So, and I don't know how much you've studied about the business, the original business model, the plan for the Pac-12 networks. Mm. Um, the plan for the Pac-12 networks, very similar to what the Yankees and Mets and Madison Square Garden have done, was right. kind of a brilliant plan. They just completely bombed on the execution, and then you know they didn't get the distribution they wanted. They completely bombed on all that, and then they added in the worst decade in the history of the conference in terms of football, so not being attractive. And just, not only not only not only that, there was absolutely no substance slash foresight here. I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. When USC and UCLA went to the uh, when it was announced they were going to the Big Ten, you turn on the Big Ten network. They talked about that nonstop for weeks. I kid you not. When you turned on the Pac-12 network that week, that day, it was rowing. 
I mean, well, that that's the I kind mean, of stuff. I mean, what would you have done? <laughs> well, well, I get it. I get it. But the thing about it, though, is that there's so many times where do you like, just, the, do you like the, the, the like black and white pictures of John McKay with like a black sash across it, it or something? Right. I mean, I don't you know, know what you but, do. but there's just, you know, I think I think from a fan perspective, it's just you don't have a lot of faith in these presidents to do the right thing. And like you said, too, um, a lot of these presidents still are were here when the USC UCLA thing happened. And you, by your own admission, were not stunned by it because you read uh, USC's uh, you read what Bone was saying. So, yeah, I mean, I was the, surprised the day that it happened. I was surprised. But we, we knew that there was a lot of unhappiness. Yeah, but so I, but I am these, not I'm not going to be one of those people who lies and pretends like I somehow knew. Like, right. No, exactly. But like you said, but you're still going with quotes from a USC president that said all options are on the table. That is, these are the same presidents then that did not look at what you were looking at and are now the ones that are in charge of a media rights deal. And I think that terrifies people, to be honest with you. Well, and there, you know, the other thing too is these schools are very interrelated in a lot of way. I mean, USC is the chair of the AAU. Right. Um, the vice chair, by the way, is the chair of the Big Ten. Just right. Yes, I was going to say, right. Let's remember that. And Cal is on there. So, I mean, you know, you've got all the you have all these kind of interrelated elements. Um, you know, I mean, when they the the interrelation too of, of presidents across conferences is is enormous. Like I said, with the changes in the Big Ten and the influence of um, of the West Coast, one of the things that stunned me. So the, the, la- the lady, again, she's leaving at the end of the year, but was the president of Ohio State who did the Big Ten's press conference to announce USC and UCLA has three degrees from Stanford and was on their varsity field hockey team. Right. So, you know, and they asked her about, she gave the, by the way, and, and Dr. Johnson, I love you. You're amazing. But you gave the weirdest answer ever on when called out and asked about Stanford. And she was like, well, we're just going to do what's right for Ohio state student athletes. And we, and it was a really strange answer. So there's a lot going on there as far as they go. The bigger, the bigger question, you know, for you guys, which I think they just need to get it done. And, and, if, and if they can't, then there's a bigger question. But but one of the things that we have again are are is ever, are are all ten of them lying or not? They're they're in the rooms with those media consultants. They have the documents. They're seeing the the proposals. They they know what's going on. What now, uh, what, ha- they what happens? They also don't leak, which is kind of nice. What happens with Washington State and Oregon State if uh, this thing all goes sideways? Do they end up in the Mountain West? What happens to those two schools? Because we get Oregon and Washington, Oregon State and Washington State fans on here every single day. I will say so they're very the, nervous the, about the, the, nucle- the nuclear scenario. Yes, exactly. Okay. What happens so, to them? So the nuclear scenario, which again I do not think is is realistic. Right. Like let's say tomorrow the Big Ten said we're te- you know what let's 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 leave the Ducks. The Big Ten says we're taking Notre Dame, Stanford, Cal, and Washington. Right. And then the Big 12 says we're taking Oregon and Arizona State and Arizona and Utah and Colorado, you know, wh- whatever. And and you're left with, again, that nightmare scenario that I don't think is going to happen. Right. In the we're least, talking theoretically. Right. Theoretically. And you're left with, like, Oregon and Washington. So there's a thing. The Power Five is actually a fake media misnomer. It's actually the Autonomy Five, the A5. And those are the five conferences that have been granted autonomy powers by the NCAA. It's a really good thing to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Oresco, when he writes, he writes these like manifestos about like his anger. He talks about the, this a little bit. But the, the Pac-12 is one of those. So 
in a nuclear scenario, the Pac-12 will do exactly what the Big 12 has done repeatedly, which is reach into the G5s and promote. Right. So, you know, the, the sort of the nuclear scenario is, and, and, and that nuclear scenario, whatever it would be, maybe it's only a partially nuclear scenario, you know, wh- whatever it would be, whatever the number is that they have to reach into the Mountain West, into the American, into, you know, wherever. Maybe Oregon State and Washington State would actually be running things at that point. They would be. They would be. It, well, it would be just like the Big 12. I mean, right. if you told people 15 years ago that the Big 12 was going to be run by Baylor and TCU and Oklahoma State, they would have laughed you out of the room. Right, right. But, you know, that's who's left. So that's who's running things. So in that nuclear scenario, you would see a sort of a mass promotion with massive rippling effects. Now, the college football playoff, interestingly, I believe has wisely has already prepared for this. Right. So the thing about the college football playoff is it's now structured there. The, the idea of the, the again, the autonomy five, the five matter because they have special NCAA powers. Mm. But as far as the playoff is concerned, those days of the five conference benefits ends next year because ne- starting next year, the automatic bids go to the top six finishing conferences, whoever they are. Right. So the, the college football playoff is already prepared for one or more conferences to go nuclear. And, and there's going to be, like we talked about before, there's going to be another, in the, I, I don't know, in this five, six years, another massive blow up in college football or college Maybe. athletics. It's going to yeah, change. I, mean, I think it'll be a massive disruption. But the question right. is, what will it be? Because one of the other things, too, is and this is something that and Greg Sankey's talked about this a lot. Um, the, the Big Ten presidents have talked about this is that we've never had a conference be successful at this enormous size yet. Right. So when they talk about like the importance of like integrating USC and UCLA and doing it right, and US, USC just hired Sandy Barber as like a special helper to the athletic department. And the right. guy from Duke, I mean, they're bringing in, they're, the former commissioner of the, big, of the Big 12 and deputy commissioner of the Pac-12 is now like a special USC advisor to the Big 10 integration. So, I mean, the the idea, these Big Ten and SEC first want to see, like, are we going to be creaky here at being too big? So I don't know if you guys remember when the WAC had 16 and it didn't work. Yeah, for sure. It was too big. So, and you had too many random teams in there that just didn't make any sense. And and and, and are, are you going to be in that situation again? Because everybody acts like this is a game of risk or monopoly. We're like, we're just going to, you know, take another property and, oh, let's, uh, you know, I'll buy up yours and we'll all divide it up and. You know, I see these people play these games on YouTube channels. They're like, oh, here's what will happen with the ACC. And they act like this is all. No, Boston College, if anything goes wrong with the ACC, Boston College is not going to have a home. Right. And that's so, why and that's why I think and again, kind of go back to that point where, you know, whether you wh- wherever you look at it, having stability is an important factor here. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing that I that is another and people and I know like some of the football only fans get really mad at me when I say this, but. The other thing is there are giant power structures within higher education. And as, if you can hold on to the coattails of Cal and Stanford, you're not going to be left behind in the power structures of higher education. Right. For sure. Um, 100%. And so that's, you know, that's one of the other benefits. Now, if you're with Central Florida and TCU and Baylor, you may well be left behind. Right. But as long as you are locked in with the university, the monster mothership that is the university of california 
Um, as, I mean, as, long as, example, as long as they're not backstabbing you, though, Tony. Well, that's why I said as long as you can keep – as long as you're holding on to those coattails. For example, we, we laugh about research money, but the entire Big 12 does like, I don't know, two and some billion dollars worth of research. The University of California itself, and if especially if you include the labs they have, does like 15. Right. So it's just another world – of uh, academically uh, it's another of academic world. but it's it's power so one of the things for example when we t- when people talk a lot about about shifts and changes and are we going to split away from the ncaa and all that kind of stuff i mean they really need to be teaming up with the acc schools and with the ivy league schools and with the super powerful d3 schools because those are the people that can tell the presidents of ohio state knock it off right you know, Tony, that, that's who has the power. Tony, this has been a blast, my man. We're going to have to do this again here. Hey, anytime. Yeah. We, hey, we'd love to have you. We do during the season. We do a Pac-12 chat show on the Voice of College Football channel. We always have Arizona fans, and we would love to have you come chat about the Wildcats and the great things Chris is doing. You let me know, and I'll be there, dude. Anytime. Go Cats. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, wait, right? Go Cats. Love it right there. All right. We'll be back with you tomorrow. For Tony Altimore, I'm Mike Luke. Appreciate all the comments. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.